as it's been said to me a few times uh, last night and today, it must be Easter because I have a tie on. <laughs> and it must be Easter because you're dressed up too and you're looking really, really good. So we're glad you're here. It's good to see you. We had a great service last night. Um, we probably had more people last night than we have right now. So it's really, really a great, great time. And thank you for coming and being a part of this day. Um, we're looking forward to it. I got my little favorite friend here, guy. <laughs> you know what excites me? It excites me to be able to preach about the cross and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen? And it excites me, because I've been hearing from you, about this little mini-series we've been doing on the cross for the last three weeks. Finish it up today. It excites me because you've been coming back and you've been talking to me about the things that are important, the things that you're learning, you're sharing with me. And I get excited about that when you share. So thank you so much for doing that. Continue to do that. We've been in a series called The Promises of God. What God says, what He's going to bring about, how He's brought it about. And we've talked about the cross over these last three weeks. We talked about a few weeks ago, we said we need to look to the cross. John chapter 3, verses 14 and 15, where Jesus says, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so the Son of Man is going to be lifted up. He goes on to say, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Beautiful picture. We look to the cross. We see Jesus on the cross and what He has done for us. Last week we talked about we need to cling to the cross. We used the song, The Old Rugged Cross. I'll cherish the old rugged cross. And I need to cling to the cross and what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. And so we're thankful to be able to share that together with you today. We're going to look at Colossians chapter 2 today. So if you want to take a Bible found right in front of you, you've got your tablet there, you've got your phone right there. Uh, you have maybe your memory where you've taken it and put it into your heart. But I encourage you to turn there. We're going to look at some implications of the cross, what it means for us as we look at Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 through 15. Uh, we're going we're gonna to camp in verses 13, 14, and 15, but we're going to read that whole passage for the context that is there. We said a few few weeks ago, or last week, we said this, as uh, Dr. Larry Crabb uh, made these words, gave these words, he said, interpret everything in light of the cross. How important it is what Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross. And as Don Worthington told me just uh, last Monday, he's telling that, that it's been said to preachers, when you're preaching, you need to get to the cross as fast as you can. <laughs> and I thought that was really good. Thank you, Don, for sharing that with us. Well, we're going to get to the cross today as fast as we can. So here we are in Colossians chapter 2, beginning in verse 6. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in Him... The whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in Him, who is the head of all rule and authority. In Him also you were circumcised with the circumcision made with hands, by putting off the body of the flesh, by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with Him in baptism, in which you were also raised with Him through faith in the powerful working of God, who raised Him from the dead. And you, who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, 
having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of death that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and the authorities, and they put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. I don't know if you happen to count all the hymns that were in there. Not the H-Y-M-N-S, right? But the H-I-M-N. Him, Jesus, I count ten times found there. It's significant what Paul is trying to tell us about Jesus Christ and here, the cross of Jesus Christ. We're going to nail it to the cross today. You have a piece of paper that's found there, and when we finish up today, I'm going to give you the opportunity to write down something that you need to nail to the cross if you want to. You don't have to, of course. But we're going to give you that opportunity for you to take that step and to say, this is something that I want to give to Jesus, and I want him to take this, and I want him to move it out of my life and to help me to live more like Jesus Christ. So that's a little head headliner of coming up as we finish today. But you'll notice in this passage in verse 13 that Paul uses the word trespasses to talk to us about our sins. It's a synonym. It's another word that he uses to help us understand what sin is. And you may, may know a little bit about sin yourself. The Bible tells us a lot about it, that all of us are, are sinners. In Isaiah, Isaiah 53, verse 5, But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. Again, transgressions, iniquities, another word, another synonym for sin and that which we've done, which goes against God and what he wants us to do as a part of who he is as a holy God and what he has for us. You may know this verse in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, very, very well known. Uh, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All's kind of a big word. It encompasses all of us, Right? We all understand that. And he goes on and he tells us in Romans chapter 5, verse 12, he talks about how sin came to us, as Paul writes. And he says, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all have sinned. And Paul goes on in another chapter later and he says, This is, this is the, what we've earned for our sins. For the wages of sin is death. What we have earned for our sin is death. Physical death? Spiritual death came through Adam, but we've all sinned. The Bible tells us that we've sinned, but also I think you probably agree that our experience also tells us that we have sinned. Would you agree with me? Think back to last week, your week, my week. Think back to the things in, in your life where maybe um, you got mad about uh, you let that unholy word slide out of your mouth. Well, maybe it didn't slide. Maybe you just said it purposely, right? Maybe you were impatient with your kid. Oh, imagine that, that that would really happen. And kids, maybe you disobeyed your mom or dad. You said, I don't want to do what you want me to do. Maybe you looked at a woman or a man with inappropriate eyes. Maybe you grumbled about the traffic down here at Highway 50 in Purcell. <laughs> Maybe you lied to your teacher. Maybe you coveted that car that drove by. 
Okay, Pastor Scott, that's enough. Okay, you got most of them, okay? We all know that. The Bible tells us we're sinners, but experience confirms that we do sin. We transgress against the Holy God. We disrespect Him. The things that He's asked us to do because they're good and they're best for us, we choose to say, no, I'm not going to do that this moment. I'm going to go my own way. In our trespasses and in our sin, in our iniquities, we are dead, dead, dead. Spiritually dead. We can't know a relationship with the loving Father. We can't understand the Word of God as, as it's read. We, we're estranged from Him. We're enemies of Him. Ephesians chapter 2 confirms it even greater. It says that, Paul says, you were dead in your sins and trespasses. We, we have no spiritual life within us. Yes, we are alive physically, but we have no spiritual life with our Heavenly Father. I read this illustration this, this week. I thought it was a pretty good one. Now, it's, like, it's like our spiritual life inside us before Christ is like a def deflated balloon. See, it's sad. Because we don't know Christ. There, there is not a relationship with Him. But when we come to Christ and we invite Him to be a part of our lives, He fills us up. And he gives us a birthday, a spiritual birthday. And we're happy and we're excited and we're participating in things that he has for us because he's come into us. In him, we have these things. We looked forward to that. We were once dead spiritually, but now we are what? Alive. We've come into a relationship with him and to be a part of what he has for us. That inside, that spiritual life inside us has now come to fruition. And we're not dead spiritually anymore. We now have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And we do literally have a, a spiritual birthday because we've become children of God. So how do we go from being spiritually dead to spiritually alive? When we come that way, that happens as we get to know the life, Jesus. He said this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Put in the positive, you come to the Father, you come to the Heavenly Father through me. I'm the life. Therefore, if I'm the life, capital L, I can give life, spiritual life. It doesn't come any other way. He says in John 10.10, 10, he says, I, I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly, overflowing, coming out of you. Rivers of life, as he says in John 7, would come out of you. If I dwell in you, this could be a part of your life. I want you to have life. And he explains it even more in John chapter 5, verse 24, when he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes in him who sent me, he is the one who has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but he has passed from death into life, eternal life life, new life, spiritual life that he has for us. That's how we come to have the life. That we are dead in our sins and trespasses, but when we say yes to Jesus, we put him into our life, he gives us his life and eternal life someday. 
my desire, my hope, my prayer is that you would know that life. You would not be dead in your sins and trespasses without Christ, but you would know Christ so that you would have his life. You see, when, when you, you get his life, you, you read the word with new understanding. It starts to make sense to you, but it won't make sense until you come to that point because you need spiritual eyes. You need spiritual discernment to be able to know what he has for us here. We see the world with discerning eyes when we come to know Him. We live with disciplined actions. We listen to sermon with different ears. Because there's life in us now. His life is in us to help us understand what He has done for us. My question, are you dead without Christ? Or are you alive with Christ? With Christ, you can say, I am alive. I am alive indeed. Paul says, And you who were dead in your trespasses, that God made alive together with him. If you're dead without him, invite him to be a part of your life. Say yes to Him so that His life can be a part of your life. Paul goes on in, in this passage and he talks about debt. Maybe you've, maybe you've heard this little song. Maybe you've seen it as a bumper sticker. I owe, I owe, it's off to work I go. Anybody ever seen that? Okay, good. Trying to get you back into the deal here. Need a little break after that eight minutes, right? You know, and that's true. For many in our day, financially speaking, that's true. But for some people, they've been through Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University class or other classes like that, and they've seen what they can do to get out of debt and to move forward and have that emergency fund and have that savings to be able to take care of the things that are coming up. And hopefully someday you'll be able to say, if you can't right now, but you'll be able to say, you'll be able to shout it out with the many that have shouted it out on Dave Ramsey's radio program. Help me out. We're debt free. Man, that is a really good place to be, right? Yeah. Many of you know that. Some of you, are, you're working toward it. Good job. That's excellent. But how much better to be able to say, we're debt free spiritually. Because it says in this passage that we're indebted to Christ for our sin. As he says, that together with him, having forgiven us of all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. When Christ went to the cross and took our sins upon himself, it was the sense that he took our debt that we owed him spiritually, that he put it on himself so that we could be free if we would accept his forgiveness and accept his life for us. So how do we move from being in debt spiritually to being free, to being uh, unencumbered by this spiritual debt that has moved all over us? We have to experience the forgiveness of God. 
He says we're made alive together with Him, having forgiven all our trespasses. And when we come to Christ, that record of debt that we had for our sin can be removed and it can be taken care of. We have to kind of put it this way. We have to cash in what Jesus did for us. Any of you get a gift card for Christmas? A couple of you did. You must have really good people who love you because they buy you a present. They go to Kohl's and they know exactly what size you are, right? Well, you know, for us that aren't that good at it, you know, we just like to give out gift cards, right? I'm here to remind you that gift card literally has no value sitting in your dresser drawer. I have a few of them sitting in my dresser drawer. It has no value. I mean, it says $50 on it or whatever, but it's worth nothing until I go and cash it in, as they did at Texas Roadhouse on Friday night. (laughs) Cash in a couple of those gift cards you're kind to give to us. Cashed it in. And that's what we have to do regarding the forgiveness of God. He has canceled our record of debt, but we have to cash it in by accepting Him, making Him a part of our lives. If we don't do that, that record's still there. Because we haven't cashed it in. We haven't used it. We haven't appropriated what Jesus has done for us. I want to encourage you today, cash it in. Cash in what Jesus has done for you on the cross and what he can do for us. How do we do that? 1 John 1, 9. You might know this one too. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's an if-then statement. If we'll do this, this is what he'll do for us. But if we don't do that, he's not going to do that for us. He wants to give us forgiveness. He wants us to have this relationship that is new and pure. But we have to do what he says to do. That's to confess our sins, to agree with him that what we have done is sin. We, we know it's sin. We just have to humble ourselves and say, God, when I did that, that was sin. That hurt you. That grieved you. And I admit that to you. I mean, it's easy to say, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. But when we go down and we say, when I lied to my teacher, that was sin. That's confession. Just saying I'm sorry, that's not confession. Confession is stating it, making it, tr- making it clear. This is what I've done. And I know that it hurt you. And oftentimes we know that our sin hurts others. But that's confession of what we have done, that we have sinned. And we want it to be forgiven. Many years ago, when I came to this church 20 years ago, uh, it's been a great 20 years. Thank you for loving on me and caring for me and my family. I'm so, so thankful for the time we've been here. Uh, we had a little debt on the building, the other building over there, the little building. It was $250,000. And to be honest, we didn't have any money at the begin with to pay for it, but God provided it. In about five years, we were able to pay off that debt. And they gave us a little thing here. It says, paid in full. Cancel the top one. Cancel. Man, it felt so good to be debt-free. 
And then we built this building. God was kind, provided about $800,000 to get us going. And then we had to take out a loan for $1,345,832. I know that number really well because every day I pray God would take it away. And through his kindness and through your giving, nine years later, we're debt free. You know what? Three years later, after being debt free, it still feels really good (laughs) to be in that position. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, body, for your faithful giving to make that happen. So what what a testimony to your faithfulness to give. But you know what? It's even better. It's even greater when someone pays off your debt for you. I bet you some of you have had that. Somebody came alongside and and they took care of a debt that you had or they paid for something you had and and they said, no, don't worry about it. We're going to take care of that for you. And that's what Jesus did for us. He didn't make us pay for our debt of sin. We can't pay for it. We could never do enough good to do that. But he did. He went to the cross for us. And that record of debt, what he knows about our sin, can be canceled. It can be forgiven if we'll just say yes to him. Jesus, I need you to forgive my sin. And I want this relationship with you. We talk about it simply in the ABCs. Admit to God that you're a sinner because we all are. The Bible tells us, our experience tells us. Believe in Jesus Christ, that he is the Son of God, and that he died on the cross for us. And then see, confess your faith in him. Commit your life to him. Say yes to him. Believe in faith that what he has done for us on the cross is for us, and that he wants a relationship with you, and that Jesus came to be the bridge from us, a sinful man or sinful woman, to a holy God. He's the bridge that we can walk across and believe and have a relationship with the Father. If you've never made that decision today, today is the day to make that decision. Today is the day to say yes to Jesus Christ for what he's done for you because he died on the cross for you and he rose again in victory because we needed that resurrection to validate, to seal the deal about what Jesus did on the cross for us. You see, we once were dead, Paul says, but now we can be alive in Jesus Christ. We once were indebted, but now we can be free from our sin. We can have forgiveness for our sin. But lastly, he gives us this last thought and the last point here. Simply put, as we kind of wrap things up, is he speaks that once we were defeated, but now we can be triumphant. In the picture that he has in verse 15 here, he says, He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them in open shame by triumphing, I can't say that word, <laughs> over them in him. It's a picture. It's a picture, and he's thinking back to his day, and he's thinking back to the fact that when a Roman general went out with his army and he conquered an area, maybe he conquered a city, he conquered a province, or he conquered a country, and he had a victory, and he would come back into town, and he would ride in a chariot, a royal chariot, and they would throw him honor, and they would throw him platitude, and they would praise him for the victory that he's won, but behind him would be the prisoners that he captured shamed, defeated. Yes, we want to honor him. They wanted to honor him, but they wanted to make sure everybody knew these people were defeated. We have captured them, and they are now part of our Roman Empire. That's the picture he draws here. 
And he picked, draws it so that we could see in a spiritual sense, when, when Jesus Christ died on the cross, he defeated the enemies and the forces of evil. That's what he sought to do. That's why he could say, it is finished. He did the work and he defeated the forces of evil. He had the victory over them. And someday it's going to be fully realized. But he defeated them in his death work on the cross. But it also pictures for us, I think, something very, very significant for us. We were the prisoners in our sin. We were the prisoners, defeated, shamed. And yet when we come to Christ through what he's done on the cross for us, we're now triumphant triumphant in Him. We're victors in Him. He says we become children of God, but as many as received Him to those who believed in His name, John 1, 12, He gave the right to become children of God. Romans 8 said that we're more than conquerors in Jesus Christ our Lord. And that's who we are. We once were defeated without Christ, but once we come to Christ and in Him and with Him, we are now victors. We're now triumphant in Him. That's the word. Yes, thank you very much for that. <laughs> That's an amen. I heard that amen. <laughs> As one author put it, God and Christ disarmed from the powers of evil their hold over the lives of men. You see, with Christ you can't say, I am triumphant. I am triumphant indeed. I'm alive. <laughs> I'm alive indeed. I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven indeed. I'm triumphant. I am triumphant indeed. Why? Because He is risen. He is risen indeed. But positionally, that's who we are. But practically, we live in this world and we still struggle to live up to that. We still struggle, struggle with sin. We still struggle with cares and burdens that weigh us down. It's a part of who we are in, in our life. We're, we're in Jesus, we're with Jesus, we're in Him, but we know that this life is, is hard and difficult. And so I want you to think about right now, is there, a, is there a sin that besets you that's difficult for you to, to come over and to get over, that you struggle with? Is there a, a burden that you have on your heart that makes you anxious and you want to bring it to the, to the cross? You want to give it to Him in a, in a public way that says, Lord, I, I need your help. I recognize what you've done for me. And I want to nail it to the cross. And so you have that piece of paper there. It's scratch paper. I don't know why we call it that, but we do. Because that kind of represents our life. It's hard. It's got stuff going on. And I'd like to encourage you now to write down whatever that sin might be, to write over what that burden might be. And I want you to, to take that. And if you want to come, you don't have to. But if you'd like to come, as many did in our service last night, come and there are push pins right here on the stage and turn that turn it over so what you've written is facing the cross it's not for others to see 
is for Jesus to see and to know and to take the pushpin and to put it on the cross, nail it to the cross in humility and as a sign to say, I need your help. You care for me. You love for me. That's the picture of the cross and the resurrection, what you've done for me. So we're going to sing a song that goes through the gospel. Glorious day living, he loved me. And it takes us through the gospel of what Jesus has done for us. And as we start that, I encourage you to come and just line up and take your little piece of paper. Maybe you just want to write it down and just put it in your Bible or put it in your pocket as a reminder that Jesus can help you. And he can help you to have overcome the difficulties and the sins that beset you. So as our praise team comes and our worship team comes, uh, we're going to sing. And I invite you just to get up, be bold and courageous. I'd invite you out there. This is not for you to look and to see who's all up there. This is a time for introspection, a time to be with the Lord and say, Lord, give me your help. Give me your strength. But the altar will be open. You can come and nail it to the cross. If you'd like prayer, I'll be over here. I would be willing to pray with you and and hopefully an encouragement to you or you want to just be at the cross and kneel. But I, I ask you, thank you for the opportunity to nail it to the cross, what you need to do right now. So come in humility as we sing. We all sing.
for your humility coming sharing a burden sharing a need that you want to just give to Jesus he knows what's up there and he cares he cares for each one of you and whether you brought it up or not he knows what you're dealing with and he still loves you and he still cares you see that record of our debt was nailed to him on the cross and when we come to him and we cash it in when we appropriate it when we ask for his forgiveness well he forgives us the record's gone he remembers it no far as far as the east is from the west as high as the heavens are above the earth he remembers it we live that way as victors in him. You see, he he was crucified. He was crucified indeed. He was dead. He was dead indeed. He's buried. He's buried indeed. But he is risen. He is risen indeed. And he is a victor a victor in deed for us. He'll help you. He'll strengthen you. Cash it in today. Receive his forgiveness today. And then you'll understand what that song was just about. All that he's done for us. And someday he's coming back. And that will be a glorious day.